0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 Corinthians 7, 17-40. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. You've probably heard that before, and you've probably even heard sermons uh, taught on some theme like that before. But have you ever heard somebody say, he who doesn't find a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord? Well, maybe not because it's not put that way in the Bible, but remember We've already seen in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul referred to singleness as a gift. And really, more specifically, he's talking about the gift of being able to have self-control and control over your desires, to live a life of singleness. But we're going to see more today of why would he say that? What is the blessing of self-control that allows you to live a life of singleness for the Lord? And we're going to see some things as he elaborates on that, that really affect affect everyone. So whether you're single or married, uh, whether you're rich or poor, or whether you have a lot of kids or no kids, whether you have grandkids or not, there's going to be, so much in this passage that applies to you. So let's get into it. We, we see here at the beginning in verse 17, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. And in this section, I would argue that Paul is basically making the argument that the circumstances of our life are not the most important thing. And again, an example he uses here, that's common, we've seen a lot of discussion about this so far in reading through the New Testament, is that of circumcision. And he says, hey, are you already circumcised? Don't try to remove the marks of circumcision. Are you not circumcised? Don't be circumcised. And this is a key verse, verse 19. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. That's the most important thing. It's not whether you're circumcised or not, or as he goes on then, it's not whether you're a slave or a free person. Are you obeying God? That is the most important question. And so don't make your life all about trying to change your circumstances. Make your life about obeying God. And that's the most important thing. It's not as if married people are more godly or single people are more godly. The question is, are you obeying God? And it's not about whether you're rich or poor, you know what your socioeconomic status is or what your ethnic background is. Those are not the most important things. The most important thing is obeying God. So even just think through your own life. Uh, What is the most important thing to you? And I think in our culture, in America, you think through what are the things that oftentimes define somebody. Uh, Lots of times at the top of those lists, it's, well, family Career, those are probably the top two. Maybe you throw in hobbies or interests or passions that a person had and pursued. And if we read this passage right, I think we're going to understand none of those things are really that important. What matters is obeying God and living for him. And we see a little bit more of why that is, as we get into the next paragraph, starting in uh, verse 25. Now there's something we should address here in verse 25, where it says, now concerning the betrothed, I have no command from the Lord. And even this goes back to yesterday's reading a little bit, but there's parts where Paul says, you know, to the married, I give this charge, Not I, but the Lord. And then he says, well, this part's me, not the Lord. What does that mean? Because I've heard people explain that as well. This part, Paul's just giving his opinion, almost as if this part isn't really inspired scripture. It's just Paul's opinion. No, this is all inspired scripture. But what Paul is saying here is some of these things, the Lord, and every time you see Lord in the New Testament, you should think Jesus Christ, you should think the Son when they use the term Lord. These are... Things that Jesus Christ has or has not specifically addressed. When he's saying the Lord, he's saying this is something Jesus clearly taught on. When he's saying I, not the Lord, he's saying that this isn't something Jesus clearly taught on, but as an apostle, as someone who's being led by the Holy Spirit, this is authoritative scripture. Um, but you see there in verse 26, he says, I think that in view of the present distress, it is good for a person to remain As he is. And later, he elaborates on that in verse 29. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. And those who mourn as though they were not mourning. And those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing. And those who buy as though they had no goods. And those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. So he is saying the time is short. Life is short. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. We don't know when we're going to die. And when you compare this life to eternity, it is so minuscule. It is so small. So these things, whether it's marriage, whether it's the things that we're sad about or happy about, whether it's our business, none of those things are ultimate. And we need to make sure that we don't treat them that way. Now, I think Paul's using some hyperbolic statements here. He's certainly not saying, well, d- get divorced and ignore your marriage. No, the Bible clearly instructs Christian married couples on how to live within their marriage. He's saying this is not ultimate. Don't make your life all about your family. Don't make your life all about uh, your, your business. That's not what life is all about. And the time is Short. So you should spend some time examining your own life again, and this works no matter what life stage you are in or what your circumstances are, whether you're single, married, uh, lots of kids, no kids, grandparent, not rich, poor, uh, working uh, a nine to five job, or you're an entrepreneur, whatever place you may find yourself in, you need to ask yourself, what am I really living for? Am I getting my focus really on things of the world that are passing away? And let's just take family as an example. You can spend all your life investing, so to speak, in your family, so much so that you're not really focused on serving Christ. And what you think of what Jesus says, what what does it gain a man if he... Gains the whole world, but loses his own soul. What does it gain a man if you have the picture perfect family and your dream home and all your kids go to their dream college, but none of you are really walking with the Lord? Is that really worth it? Uh, Where are your priorities? I think all of us should examine ourselves in light of that today. And again, The application then isn't, well, forget about family, forget about jobs, forget about those things. No, do all those things as if the most important thing about those things is obeying God and investing in those things for the sake of the kingdom. That's how we should think about these things. But then he comes back now really more specifically to the benefits of singleness. Why is he recommending people uh, away from marriage in some instances, saying, I wish you could be like me. Well, he gets to that uh, towards the end of the chapter here in verse 32. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. Uh, so there, it's really just, he, he's giving it a statement of fact. The unmarried man has less to distract him and more freedom to serve the Lord. The married man, well, he has to take care of his wife. He has to take care of certain things beyond just now taking care of himself. And he's saying there's a benefit in being able to give that undistracted service to the Lord. And then he talks about the same thing about uh, the woman. Uh, and he says in verse 35, I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. And then he gives some instruction saying, Hey, if, if you really want to get married, or even if you're betrothed and you, you really want to get married, You can do that. It's not a sin. But he did say those pretty strong things about the benefits of singleness, mainly this undivided uh, service to the Lord and a lack of distraction. So, if you are single and listening to this podcast, in my experience, there's generally two types of single people those that are single and they like that. And again, Paul would be in that camp. He's okay being single and he wants more people. To live like that. And there may be a variety of reasons why you're thinking that. And then there's also some people that are single uh, that really would like not to be. They they want to be married. And wherever you may fall on that spectrum, I would encourage you, listen to Paul's words here and ask yourself, hey, with my singleness, am I using that to serve the Lord in an undistracted way? Am I really trying to maximize this time in my life as a single person to serve the Lord? And if you think, well, but I want, maybe I'm in that, I want to get married though camp. So I can't totally serve the Lord because I want to get married. Let me give you the best dating advice I got from my father. He would tell his three sons, Hey, what you need to do is focus on serving the Lord and running as hard and as fast as you can after him. And then look around and see who's running the same direction. I think that is great advice. If you are a single person, focus on serving the Lord. And if your desire is to be married, serve the Lord, run after Him, and then look around and see who's running the same direction. And that's maybe what God could use to help you find a spouse. But here in this chapter, God says some things specifically to those who are single on the benefits of singleness. But he says some things that apply to everybody, no matter what stage of life or what your circumstances are. There is something that is most important, obeying Christ. There is something more worth living for than the things of this world, and that is eternity. So I pray that all of us are challenged by those things today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.